0: Continue this series called Rivers of Living Water. We're finishing this up today. And um, we've been talking about how, you know, sometimes we can come into life, we're dry, dehydrated, and God really wants us to be lush and full. And, and not just for us, but you know, when, when you're dry, you can't water somebody else, right? Like when you don't have anything to give. And so God's like, look, I want you to be lush. I want you to be watered. I want you to be filled. But not just that. I want you to be like that so that you can water and bring life to others that are around you. So we talked about that a little bit. And we talked about John seven thirty seven to 39. I'm going to read this real quick. On the last day, the great day of the feast, Jesus stood and he cried out, saying, If anyone thirsts, let him come to me and drink. He who believes in me, as the scripture has said, out of his heart will flow rivers of living water. Living water. So not just water that's still, you know, that there's sometimes you can see water in a pool or whatever, but it's dead because there's nothing happening in it, right? He's saying living water, water that goes out from you and it brings life to those that are around you. And so when we come to Jesus and we drink and he says, um, the he who believes in me, as the scripture says, out of his heart. So when we believe in Jesus, there needs to be or there should be this fountain that is within us. And out of that fountain flows rivers of living water. And so there's this constant coming to the Lord. We're taking a big drink. We're filling ourselves. And then we're releasing it to those that are around us. But then in verse 39, he says this. But this he spoke concerning the spirit whom those believing him would receive. So not only are we talking about, man, coming to Jesus, but he's talking about being filled with the Holy Spirit. And we talked about how when you first come to know Jesus, man, your spirit and his spirit, they become one, right? They become one. The moment that you give your life to Jesus, they become one. And, uh, and then we are, he, he is dwelling in us. See, God wasn't happy with just being God creator and being far away. And God wasn't, it wasn't enough for God to take on flesh and dwell among us. God wanted to dwell in us. He wanted to be as close to us as possible. And so we are now, uh, the Holy Spirit now lives in us when we give our life to Jesus. But then it also says that when you receive the Holy Spirit, you receive power. So in Acts 1 8, it says, You shall receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you. And you shall be witnesses to me in Jerusalem, in all Judea, Samaria, and to the end of the earth. And so when we receive Jesus and there is a flowing and a consuming, a drinking of um, what God has, and then there is a outpour of what God has, then there is power that is released. There is power. And that power, I really like how it says, you know, then you will be witnesses to me. You know, you can't be a witness without power. If, if we believe in the Bible, and the Bible is what we believe, but in our life, we are not experiencing the power of God. If things in our life are not changing, you know what we have? We just have a fairy tale. We have a really good story. But the Bible is not just a really good story. The Bible has power in it. There should be power that is released in our life. And that is what gives us witness to those that are around us. And so when we receive the Holy Spirit, there is power that is released. And so what does that look like? Paul writes in Corinthians, and he writes out a little bit about what power being released and power looks like. And he says, the manifestation of the Spirit is given to each one for the profit of all. So we are given the Holy Spirit. And the manifestation of the Holy Spirit—that just means that something that is known becomes something that is experienced. I'm going to say that again. The manifestation of the Holy Spirit—manifestation just means that it's something that we know, just in our mind, becomes something that we experience. Okay? So it's something that is that is tangible, that is seen. The manifestation of the Holy Spirit is something that is experienced. And the experience is for the profit of all. It's for the profit of everybody that is around you. And it looks like this. It can be the word of wisdom, a word of knowledge. It can be faith. It can be healing. It can be miracles. It can be prophecy. It can be discerning of spirits. It can be different kinds of tongues. And it can be the interpretation of tongues. So the manifestation of the Spirit, we can say all day long, like, oh yeah, I'm filled with the Holy Spirit. Anybody could say that. But is there a manifestation? Is there, is there a tangible experience of the Spirit in our life? And so when we look at it, we're going to talk about tongues today. Um, so if, you'll, if you have your Bibles, we're going to look at 1 Corinthians 14, Paul is talking about the manifestation of the Spirit, and then he continues on and says, um, we follow the way of love and, and eagerly desire the gifts of the Spirit, especially prophecy. For anyone who speaks in a tongue does not speak to people, but to God. Indeed, no one understands them. They utter mysteries by the Spirit, but the one who prophesies speaks to people for their strengthening, encouraging, and comfort. Anyone who speaks in a tongue edifies themselves. And so earlier we read that one of the manifestations of the Spirit is speaking in different tongues. And then Paul goes on and says that when you speak in a tongue, you're talking to God, not to man. When you're speaking in tongues, you're talking to God and not to man. Okay, so really, this is a form of prayer, right? When, we, when we're talking to the Lord, we're praying, right? I don't talk to somebody else in a tongue they don't understand. Like, if I talk to Angie in Chinese, that doesn't bless you at all. Like, you don't even, we can't even have a conversation. But when we're speaking in a tongue, we're talking to God. But it says this, anyone who speaks in a tongue does not speak to God, does not speak to people, but to God. Indeed, no one understands them. I want to talk about speaking in tongues because this can be kind of confusing. If any of you guys grew up learning about speaking in tongues, this this uh, language, I, you, you may even have heard it said it's like a heavenly language, but that that is never used in the Bible. It never says heavenly language. It just says speaking in tongues or a language that you speak with the Lord. And uh, there are different types of tongues. One is a foreign language, like you and I would know, like or heard of, German, Swahili, Mandarin, Chinese. Like All of that is a foreign language. There is also a speaking in tongues, where it's this spiritual language, God says um, in the Bible, that talks about uh, speaking in tongues and your spiritual language, singing in your spiritual tongue. That, that's what it talks about. Um, And then there's another aspect of speaking in tongues that is a speaking in tongues and you're teaching in tongues, which requires an interpretation, right? That's what Paul's going to talk about. We're going to dive into that a little bit. Um, You remember when the disciples were in the upper room and it was the day of Pentecost and they were praying and they were praising God and and then all of a sudden they were filled with the Holy Spirit and something happens and it says this, when the day of Pentecost comes, by the way, today is like, Pentecost Sunday, which is, like, really awesome because this was not planned. We weren't planning on talking about this today, but it happened to be today. It's about seven weeks after Easter, and about seven weeks after Jesus uh, rose from the dead, the disciples were filled with the Holy Spirit and began speaking in tongues, and we'll see that. So, When the day of Pentecost came, they were all together in one place. Suddenly, a sound like the blowing of a violent wind came from heaven filled the whole house where they were sitting. They saw what what seemed to be tongues of fire that separated and came to rest on each of them. All of them were filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak in other tongues as the Spirit enabled them. Okay, I don't know about you, but sometimes I read the Bible and I'm like, that's weird. Like, let's just be honest. Like, you don't read that and be like, that happens to me every day. Like, fires just fall on people, and I see them, and they speak in tongues to me that I've never heard of before. Like, that doesn't happen every day, okay? It may have happened to some people. It has never happened to me. And so sometimes I read that, and I'm like, that's okay. That's weird. I have learned to instead of saying weird, I'm like, that's supernatural, <laughs> right? Like, that's positive. Weird always has, like, a negative connotation to it. That's supernatural, That doesn't happen all the time, but it did happen to them. That when they were praising God, this mighty wind came and fire, it said, um, this seemed like tongues of fire came, separated, and rested on them. Like that's supernatural. (laughs) Now they were staying in Jerusalem, God fearing Jews from every nation under heaven. When they heard the sound, a crowd came together in bewilderment because each one heard their own language being spoken. That's supernatural. (laughs) And so these disciples were gathered together, and then this massive crowd came, and all of a sudden that massive crowd that came from every nation under heaven heard a language in their own tongue. That's pretty amazing. So that's foreign languages. Thats languages that, that each nation has, and, and in that moment, the spirit manifested itself, spoke through the disciples, and they were speaking in foreign languages that could be understood. I once heard a pastor say who was at a conference, and um, he uh, spoke he was speaking in a spiritual, his spiritual tongue, and his mom happened to be in the conference, and a guy sat next to his mom and leaned over and said. Um, I didn't realize that your son spoke whatever language it was fluently. And she was like, he doesn't. He was speaking in his dialect, like his, his foreign language. Like the son had no idea. This pastor was just, that was just his spiritual language. And he was speaking in a foreign language. And his mom was like, I don't think he, he's never learned that in his whole life. It's a manifestation of the spirit. Going back to 1 Corinthians 14, Paul writes that we should desire the gifts of the spirit. And if anyone speaks in a tongue, they're speaking to God and not to man. And they that no one understands them. That means that that we are there it's it's uttering mysteries by the spirit. This is a tongue that no man understands. So now I'm not talking about foreign languages. And I want to be really clear because sometimes this can be confusing. No man understands this tongue. So now I'm not talking about German or Swahili or Mandarin. I'm talking about a spiritual language. And, and to you and to anyone else around here, it's going to probably sound like gibberish. Because this is a language, and it's, he's saying, look, when I speak in tongues, I'm not speaking to man. I'm speaking to God. And one of the manifestations of the Spirit is healing, prophecy, prophecy right? And all of that is supernatural. You look then, you like, that could be weird. Like, have you guys ever, I don't know if you guys have ever experienced, this, but have you ever been in a room where someone gets prayed for and they get miraculously healed? And we look at that because sometimes, you know, we grew up in Christian cultures and we're like, oh, that's normal. That should happen all the time. And we normalize healing. Well, and then we get to the, like, the gifts of, of tongues, because that is one of the manifestations of the Spirit. We get to the gifts of tongues, and people are like, that's weird, and I'm going to do this to it. But we receive healing, we receive prophecy, we receive faith, we receive wisdom, we receive knowledge, we receive all the other gifts of the Spirit, but that one. And so the Bible says when we speak in a tongue and no one understands, that's not an exaggeration literally no one understands it is not a language that is spoken here on earth to one another from one nation to another it's your spiritual language that you're speaking to God about so it transcends logic some of us um i'll tell you i'll tell you my story um when You know, you guys know, I think, that I haven't been saved for very long. I got saved, I think, in, like, 2006. And I remember going through these discipleship classes here at The Rock, and in one of the levels, we had to learn about spiritual language. And I remember sitting there being like, okay, I don't really get it, but okay. Like, so there's, like, a language, and you speak it, and some people have it. Okay, is that a foreign language? Like, it was not clear. I did not get it. And I remember um, the pastor came and was like, okay, if you don't have your spiritual language, stand up. And we'll pray for you to receive your spiritual language. And I was like, okay, I don't know what it is. I know I don't have it because I don't know what it is. So I'm going to stand up. And they prayed over me. And I remember having this um, feeling. Like, have you guys ever had it where, like, words are on the tip of your tongue? And, like, you don't really know like, man, it's that, it's that word I'm trying to say, and it's, like, right there. That was the feeling I had. Like, all of a sudden, I had this, like, these words on the tip of my tongue. And um, they weren't words because when they came out, they sounded like gibberish, literally. And so I remember I stood there, and I was, like, praying, and the pastor was praying over me, and I think there was a couple other people. And I was like, okay, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to take a breath, and I'm going to exhale, and I'm just going to see what comes out. Like, I remember saying that, like, I'm just going to see what comes out. And literally, I'm like, (sighs) And I was like, what was that? What in the world was that? Okay, I, like, stopped it right away because it freaked me out. And then after class, I, like, rushed to my car. I shut the door, and I just sat there. And this is what I thought. I don't know what cult I just joined. (laughs) And I don't know what just happened to me. But this is so weird. And so then I tried again. I like inhaled. And then I exhaled. And I was like, that's so weird. Over a period of time, I began to be a little bit more comfortable in the privacy of my own locked room where nobody else can hear me. I began to really try and walk and process through, what is this language that I don't... Look, Jason and I make up words all the time, okay? <laughs> like, like, as a two-year-old, he's making up words that I'm like, I don't even know what you're saying. So we make up words because it's fun. I do not remember those words. Like, an hour later, please ask me, and I'll be like, I have no idea. I think it was like, b something. My spiritual language has never changed, it's never changed. Every time I go to exhale to, like, see if it was, like, is going to come out, it was the same language, people. It sounded the same. It had the same syllables, the same dictation. Like, over the years, it's never changed. And it's one of the things to me, I'm like, this is for real. And I can look at it and logically work through, this makes no sense, so I'm going to dismiss it. Right? Like, logically, you can, you can work through that. This makes no sense. But healing makes no sense. The gift of wisdom makes no sense. The gift of, of knowledge makes... When Jesus went to that lady at the well, and he said, I know all of these things about you, that made no sense. And this is no different. The gift of spiritual tongues is no different. It makes no sense. It is... It is not rational at all. It, it, is, it transcends, rash. it's actually transrational, is what they say. It's transrational. It just, it cannot go through your mind for you to make logic of it and then say, okay, now it makes sense to me. I know how it works. So now, now I'm going to do it. It's the same thing as faith. When you really look at it, faith makes no sense. But we take it. And we receive it. And this is a gift. This is a gift from the Lord. He says that when you receive the Holy Spirit, one of the manifestations of the Spirit is speaking in tongues. Uh, Paul, he writes Corinthians, and, um, and Paul is one of the most logical, highly, highly educated disciples. And he encourages them to speak in tongues. And he actually says this, um, he says in 1 Corinthians 14, 8, I thank my God that I speak with tongues more than you all. So here's a guy, he, he knows the ins and outs. If anybody knows the doctrines and theology of Christianity, it's Paul, right? And he says, look, it makes no sense, but I speak in tongues more than you all. More than you all, Because Paul believes that, that it's not necessary for an experience to be logical, in order for it to be spiritually beneficial, He He's not looking at and saying, "In order for me to participate and receive this gift, it has to make sense to me." He's saying, "Look, it's OK that it goes above my head. It's okay. It's still spiritually beneficial, and it gives glory to God. So we're going to dive into here. We're going to talk about five benefits of speaking in tongues. The first one is you edify yourself spiritually. 1 Corinthians 14, 4 says, He who speaks in tongues edifies himself, but he who prophesies edifies the church. Edify just means that it's promoting growth and wisdom and affection, and grace, and virtue, and holiness, and blessedness. Jude 20 says, if you, beloved, but you, beloved, building yourselves up on your most holy faith, praying in the Holy Spirit. You know, sometimes um, we can feel kind of crushed down, right? Like, those are real. Like, we feel down, or emotions are very high, or whatever. And, um, And sometimes I laugh, because I think that God has these gifts and keys in the word just for us for those moments but we're like oh lord i'm just down i'm just help me lord and he's like i did help you you're like you're like lord i just i just can't get out of my funk and and god's saying like i i gave you a key it's called praying in the holy spirit Building yourselves up on your most holy faith. You have to build yourself up. When you're low, God's like, I gave you a key, and it's called praying in the Holy Spirit. And so sometimes we have tools all around us, and we don't pick them up and use them. You're like, Lord, I need, a, I need, I need, I need to be built up. Lord, help me build my house. And he's like, look at all these tools. And you're like, Lord, help me build my house. And He's like, pick up the tool. He gave us a key, building yourselves up on your most holy faith, praying in the Holy Spirit. He who speaks in a tongue edifies himself. You're promoting growth. You're building yourself up in wisdom, affection, grace, holiness. Um, Number two, you pray perfect prayers when you pray in the Holy Spirit. Romans 8, 26, this is one of my favorite passages. It says, likewise, the Spirit also helps in our weakness, for we do not know what we should pray for as we ought, but the Spirit Himself makes intercession for us with groanings which cannot be uttered. The NLT says this the Holy Spirit helps us in our weakness. For example, we don't know what God wants us to pray for, but the Holy Spirit prays for us with groanings that cannot be expressed in words I love the scripture because I don't know about you but I have been in multiple situations where I don't know what I should pray for I'm like that is a hard situation and I don't know how to pray have you guys ever been in a situation like that like you you literally are like you're in the situation and you're like what is the will of God I have no idea and again, the Lord's like, look, I've given you a tool. When we don't know what we should pray for as we ought, the Holy Spirit can come and pray for us, intercede on our behalf through us with utterings. Uttering is still like noise, right? Like you can't utter. This is not uttering. Okay, uttering is still heard. With utterings which cannot be expressed in words, though. So these are utterings. This is your spiritual language that you are uttering. And he's saying, I will intercede. And you know, the Spirit, the Holy Spirit and God are like, like if anybody knows God's will, it's the Holy Spirit, right? And so for the Holy Spirit to be able to come and pray and intercede, you know, those are perfect prayers. You know, those those are the prayers that's like, Lord, Lord, your will be done and this is your will. And I... I, I sometimes I literally I'm like I'm about to pray and I'm like Lord I'm I'm about to pray Holy Spirit help me with my prayer right sometimes sometimes we depend on prayer but I don't know if we depend on the Holy Spirit in prayer, if that makes sense. Like we we pray um but we don't ask the Holy Spirit, hey, Holy Spirit, I'm about to pray, and so come pray for me. And so we can just depend on prayer independently. Like, I got it. Sometimes, I, sometimes in the midst of praying, I, I'll be praying, and then I realize, Lord, I think I'm praying for the things I want. <laughs> I don't know if you've ever had that. Lord, I think I'm praying for the outcome I want. <laughs> Sorry. Let me go back. Let me, let me back up real quick. Because I realize that we are human. We have desires and wants. We have the flesh, right? That in prayer, when we're talking about our life or the life of others, it rises up. And you're like, you know, I think I know what I want for your life. Do you guys understand what I'm saying? Okay, especially if you have kids, right? Like, I know what I want for you. Just do what I say, (laughs) right? But sometimes we have to go back and be like, Lord, no, no, no. What do you want to do? how do you want this to turn out? I, sometimes I, I pray this, and this is like the scariest prayer. Every time I pray it, I'm like, oh, I like grit my teeth and pray it. I, I say, Lord, whatever it takes. Lord, whatever it takes. You know, when we pray in the Holy Spirit, it's a, it's, it's a surrender. Because we can pray, and we can pray our own will all day long. We can pray our own desires and wants all day long. And sometimes the Lord's like, "Look, I got better for you." Like I I have even I have something better. So pray my will. And then sometimes I I think, you know, I am a problem solver. So I pray and I'm like, "Lord, tell me what to do. I will solve this like right now. Like let me let me get at it. Let me say the right thing. Let me change this thing and and the and then I have the back end and be like, okay, there's process. Like, there's process. The Lord is about the process, right? And so that's why I said, Lord, whatever it takes, whatever it takes for your will to be done, I'll do it. I'll do it. And so when we pray, do we say, Holy Spirit, intercede for me? Do we, do we pray in our spiritual language and surrender A little bit? Number three, praying in the Spirit gives you wisdom. Paul writes continually in 1 Corinthians 14, he says, Therefore, let him who speaks in a tongue pray that he may interpret. For if I pray in a tongue, my spirit prays, but my understanding is unfruitful. What is he saying? If I pray in a tongue and my spirit prays, so the Holy Spirit is praying and I'm praying and he's praying... My understanding is unfruitful. So there is this idea that you don't know what you're saying. Right? You don't know what you're saying as you're praying. Your understanding is unfruitful. So does that mean, does Paul go on and just say, so then don't pray in the spirit? Because if you don't understand, then just throw it out the window. He doesn't say that. He continues on in verse 15, and he says, what is the conclusion then? I will pray with the Spirit, and I will also pray with understanding. Can we go to verse 15? Thank you. I will also pray with, so I will pray with the Spirit, and I will pray with understanding. I will sing with the Spirit, and I will also sing with understanding. He's saying, look, just because you don't understand, don't throw it out the window. But do that, and pray with understanding. That means pray in a language that you understand. Sing in a language you understand. Do both. Do both. And so, don't just throw it out the window. Do both. When uh, there's been so many times when I um, I'll be praying, I have a lot of stuff to do, you guys. I think we all do, right? There's nobody in here that's like, I got so much time on my hands, so much extra time. That's just lame. like I'm sure all of us in here are so busy right? So I have like two kids, Scott and I are in the ministry, Scott works full-time actually outside of this, he works at Stryker full-time, and, um, and I have like a small side business, like there's like a lot of stuff going on. Every morning I get up, and I'm like, Lord, I don't know how I'm going to get everything I need to get done, right? But this is what I do, I pray in the Spirit. I walk around my house, I turn on music, I'm, I'm seeing in the Spirit, I'm praying in the Spirit, and then I pray with understanding, okay Lord, tell me what I need to get done today, help prioritize my life. Tell me what is the most important thing. What are the, what are the three things I have to do today that'll shift things? Because we can, we can do stuff all day long. I don't need to do stuff. I need to do what's important. I need to do what's important. I need to ask the Lord, Lord, what do you want to do today through me? Let me, let me do those things. Because at the end of the day, I don't want to be like, oh, look at all the ten things that I've done, and it doesn't make any lasting, any lasting impact, right? What are the things that you want me to get done today? Wisdom. When you, when you pray in your spiritual language, then you can also pray in understanding. There is a correlation a lot of times. I may not, I cannot interpret to you word for word my spiritual language, but I can interpret a lot of times after I pray in the Spirit. I'm like, oh, that's right, those three things. I see, that, that is the most important thing today. I, I understand a little bit now. There's clarity. There's clarity. And so I can't, I can't say like, oh, this is... These are the words, and this is the formation, and this is the grammar, and this is where the period is. Like, I can't even write out my spiritual language. I can't. But I can't tell you how many times I've been praying the Spirit, and all of a sudden something, a problem that I've had, all of a sudden becomes so clear. Like, oh, that's the solution for that. That happens all the time. And so when we pray, we can also pray in understanding. All right, number four. Praying in the Spirit strengthens you to resist temptation. Ephesians 6.11 says, Put on the whole armor of God, that you may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. Verse 18 says this, Praying always with all prayer and supplication in the Spirit, being watchful to this, and with all perseverance and supplication for all the saints. Um, You guys know that if you're tired... Forget the battle. Like, it's hard to even put on the armor. Right? Like, don't even talk to me about trying to fight. Like, I can't even put on this heavy armor. Like, I'm tired. And so, so when we talk about the scriptures like Jude, praying in the Spirit, building yourselves up, it's because when we pray in the Spirit, it strengthens us. And when we're strengthened, we can better resist temptation. We can better resist the devil. We just got done with this women's conference and it was so powerful. It was so powerful. Man, I, there's so many things. I was I was sitting I'm crying. And so um, on the last day I get up to share. I am exhausted. <laughs> Because I've been running back and forth. I have baby E still, so I've had to, like, I had to go back to my in-law's house, take care of her, come back. Every two hours, I was running back and forth, um, and I was studying to teach, and all of a sudden, I was exhausted on the last day when I got up to teach. Exhausted. So then I taught, and I prayed, Lord, like, you're just going to have to speak through me. And then afterwards, like, you know, man, God moved, and it was amazing. And then guess what happened? Immediately immediately the devil came with lies. And this is how I know I'm tired. Because usually when I start playing the comparing game, I'm like, I don't have time to play this game. Like, this is so dumb. Like, I am, I am righteous. I am loved. I am, you know, in the Lord. I'm a child of God. Like, that. But when I'm tired, I start rolling with it. And then, and then it's like, it's like slight. You I don't notice it at first. Oh, but did people cry when you taught? Like they did like they did for the other speakers? I know. I know. And usually I'm like, that's so dumb. And I laugh and I just know like that's the enemy. But I'm tired. And when I'm tired, I can't even put on the armor, let alone fight. Okay? And so I'm like allowing these thoughts coming in. I'm like And I start sharing, like, hey, do you think, hey, man, now this is, like, something I'm struggling with. And then all of a sudden it becomes a struggle. And then at some point I realize, okay, wait, I need to pray in the spirit. I need to build myself back up. I need to resist the devil, right? Because this is not me. This is the enemy. So when we pray in the spirit, we build ourselves up. And it helps us resist temptation. All right, number five, last one. Praying in the Spirit prepares you for ministry. Praying in the Spirit prepares you for ministry. Acts 10. Well, I'm just going to go through this really quickly because there's something I still want to do after this. Um, Praying in the Spirit prepares us for ministry. Over and over and over, we see in the Word that Paul, filled with the Holy Spirit, spoke, right? Paul, filled with the Holy Spirit, healed and Grab that guy and pulled him up, Paul, or any of the other disciples filled with the Holy Spirit. And they spoke and things happened and things happened and things happened. We see that over and over again. When we are filled with the Spirit, again, we, we come and we build ourselves up, right? There's a fountain that we're filling, but then there's also a release. There's a release. Rivers of living water happens. And so then we start seeing the manifestations of the Spirit outside of us. We start seeing the words of wisdom, words of knowledge, prophecy, healing, right? Faith. We start seeing that outside of us. It prepares us for ministry. I remember there's oftentimes when I'll be praying. I pray in the car a lot because when you have kids running around, it's crazy, right? But when your kids are strapped in the car, yeah, (laughs) you know, they're like not running around and it's glorious, So I love, I hated driving for the longest time. Now I love driving. I'm like, where can I go to next? Um, I drive and I pray. And usually my kids like looking out the window and he's sleeping and it's like quiet and it's amazing. (laughs) So I pray a lot in the car. I'm praying. I'll be praying in the spirit in the car. And um, so often, you guys, so often I'll be praying in the car and somebody will come into my mind. Like, a lot of times, it'll be somebody that I haven't talked to in years, and they come to my mind, and I'm like, I wonder what they're doing. I wonder how they are. So I'll be praying in the Spirit, praying over them. All right, Lord, well, they came to my mind, praying over them, and then I'll reach out to them, randomly, like, hey, I just wanted to see how you were doing, and, and so often, this is the response I get. <sighs> I'm so glad you called, because I'm struggling. Is that me? Like, you and I talk about this all the time. We are not that good, people. Right? Like, we are not that good. The Holy Spirit helps us minister, prepares us to minister, gives us people and and situations, and allows us to walk in the gift of knowledge, walk in the gift of wisdom, right? Looking at someone and just knowing I think this is what you're struggling with. Let me, hey, hey, how are you doing? Can I pray for you? It allows us to minister when we're filled with the Holy Spirit. When we're praying in the Holy Spirit, you guys, you guys, are you guys okay? Yeah, all right. This is what we're gonna do. Um, I hope that convinced you about the importance of praying in the Spirit. Um, if it didn't, come talk to me after service. We can walk through this together. I, I get it. If you've never experienced praying in the spirit, this can be weird. But again, it's no no weirder, no more supernatural, than watching someone's leg grow out because they got healed. Or watching somebody being raised from the dead because they were raised back to life. It's the same.